into Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Wednesday. A really good show for you. You know why? Really no football talk in this episode. We are going to talk about so many different things, and none of it has to do with the Super Bowl. There might be football talk in general, and we talked about networks and stuff like that. But when I say football, I mean NFL, because I do have some interesting statistics regarding SEC football. Your Major League Baseball win totals are out this year. I'm not going to go over all of them, but there are some interesting ones that stick out. A statistic about baseball that I know you're going to be interested in, because I certainly am. Robot umpires. When are they coming to Major League Baseball? And media giants are teaming up to create like a super app. And we'll discuss that. Get to all that momentarily. Don't forget the big game is finally here. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. With dozens of odds, props, and info on hundreds of sports, events, politics, and entertainment, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime from desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So let's begin, shall we? And let's start in the SEC. This statistic I came across on Twitter by somebody who writes for SEC football. And, you know, the big thing in college football is returning starters. That's how preseason rankings usually work. They just kind of look. It's very lazy, I know. Lazy journalism is just, wow, this team had a 9-3 and three record and then returned 18 starters. They're in the top 10 for me. You know, whatever the case may be. However they're going to rank them. But SEC has a very interesting returning production percentage for 2024. Because right now, there is no SEC team in the top 17 in the nation in returning production percentage for 2024 in terms of their starters. Texas A&M is at number 18 in returning production percentage. That's the highest of any team in the SEC. Texas is at 25, so they've only got two in the top 25. You know, Missouri 31, Georgia 47, LSU 60, Oklahoma 67, Alabama 115. That's not a lot. Now, in the past, I'd say that would be pretty alarming, and you shouldn't expect a lot of, I don't know, good play coming from teams that just don't return a lot. You wouldn't think they would have a great record. Hell, on this list, Ole Miss is number 68, and I bring that up for a reason. By all measures and by everybody who studies transfer portal wins and who got the best out of the transfer portal, everyone has Ole Miss as number one in the nation as the amount of quality players they got in the transfer portal. Well, probably because they lost so much production. So to say because Ole Miss is sitting at 68 in returning production percentage for 2024 doesn't mean they're not going to be very good because the transfer portal has completely changed the game. you got to take that in consideration, and this statistic isn't. It's just saying before you talk about who you brought in in the portal, hey, look at this. Here is what this team has in returning production percentage. So you got to take that into consideration. Obviously, with Georgia ranked number 47 in returning production percentage, yeah. But they've got their quarterback coming back. 
I believe they've got a lot of their defensive line and middle linebackers coming back. Their defense is going to be loaded. They probably have to reload on offense, but they've gotten some transfers on offense that have come in. So is it really going to matter all that much? Probably not because the portal changes everything, and some teams just have done better than others in the portal. I know it's early, but it kind of isn't because do you realize next week pitchers and catchers report to spring training? Now, I'm very well aware that the phrase pitchers and catchers are reporting, it does nothing for me. I don't get my juices flowing when I hear that. I know some people do. Maybe some seam heads are all excited about that, but there really isn't anything that sounds important but really is not all that important than pitchers and catchers reporting because spring training is, you know, they report great for two weeks. They run a bunch of drills about how to cover first base on a bunt and stuff like that stuff we never see. So for two weeks, we don't even really hear about it. Maybe your local team, you'll listen to the local news at night and they'll be like, Hey, this guy's hitting really well off the tee. You know, who cares? Then we got all of March, which is spring training baseball. And, it's about as irrelevant as regular season baseball because nobody cares about winning. It's all about developing. You know, some people you say like, well, what if this guy has a great spring training? He can come and make the team. I've seen that happen numerous times. Great spring training, surprised a lot of people, made the roster, and then didn't didn't get off to a great start and was sent back down again, or vice versa. Somebody had an average spring training, made the team, and then killed it when they got to the big leagues. So it doesn't. It's not a precursor to anything. There's no guarantees of having a good spring training versus having a bad spring training. But for me, the gambling aspect of it is interesting because right now your Major League Baseball win totals for 2024 have been released. Now, last year I told you I only did one, and that was the Texas Rangers. I knew they were going to be better. They had won 67 or 68 games the year before, and their win total last year in Vegas was set at 82 and a half. Like Vegas knew they were going to be better. Vegas didn't know that they were going to do what they did and go on and win the World Series, winning all 11 games on the road, which is still stupid to think about. But last year, the Texas Rangers, 82 and a half wins was their win total. They had won 68 the year before. I don't even remember how many games the Rangers won last year. What did they win? Yeah, they won 90 games last year, finished second in the AL West. Okay, so last year, Vegas set their win total at 82.5 after coming off a 68 or 67 win season the year before in 2022. So they win 87 games, excuse me, 90 games in 2023 and win the World Series. They're your defending World Series champions. 82.5 wins was their win total last year. What do you think it is this year? It's 87.5. They only made it. They only put it up, bumped it up by five, you know. And I can see the Rangers being right in that area. You know, they could, you know, as good as they were last year. They only won ninety games, so if they if they win three less, they don't go over their win total. You know, so I thought that was interesting. I'm not going to bet it because I, you know, I struck gold last year with the Rangers. I had put three preseason bets in in baseball last year. And they all hit, and they all hit for me very, very well. That was Rangers over 82.5 wins, Rangers to win the pennant, Rangers to win the World Series. You know, I've already discussed this, I never thought in a million years they were going to win. But they were somebody that, local team that I could cheer for, 
and they had high odds. And I'm like, well, what if they do? And a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was Bruce Bochy's first year, and he's one of the best managers in baseball. So like, he can turn it around. He could get them over 82 and a half wins. And then if he does, they're probably going to get in the playoffs. And then it's a crapshoot. We all know this. Anybody can win in the playoffs in baseball. And the Rangers just so happened to do it and won me a good amount of money as 24 to 1 to win the AL pennant and 48 to 1 to win the World Series. Now I think they're 11 to 1 to win the World Series. So they're not a value bet at all. I blew my wad last year on the Rangers. This year, I don't know. I have to study it. I've got plenty of time. I'll study it and look and see who I want to go over this year and whatnot. But the two that stick out are the Atlanta Braves and the Dodgers. The both teams are the only two who have a win total that's over 100 wins. Atlanta is set at 101.5 and and the Dodgers at 104.5. So, yeah, they're predicting the Dodgers to go 105 and 57. (laughs) Seems ridiculous, but... I almost think that might be too low. I know the Dodgers have some pitching injuries still. But when you have a first six in a lineup, not even the first six, their whole lineup is loaded. Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith. Those are the first four hitters in your lineup? I, I mean... Yeah, and, you know, I say this here in preseason, probably going to do great, probably going to win 110 games, and then it won't fucking matter if they get in the playoffs and, you know, screw it up again like they have 10 of the last 11 years. But the Dodgers are at 104.5. Atlanta's at 101.5. The next highest one is the Yankees at 92.5. Astros at 91 and a half and Baltimore at 90 and a half, man, Baltimore at 90 and a half. They won 101 games last year. I know people expect them because nobody saw that coming. I mean, they went over their win total last year by like 20 games. Nobody expects them to win a hundred games again, but putting that win total at 90 and a half for Baltimore, they can lose 10 less. They can win 10 less games that they won last year and still hit that over. I think they have one of the best young t- baseball teams in all of major leagues. Not to mention they went out and got pitching. They went out and got Corbin Burns. Hmm. I might be looking at that Baltimore over. Maybe I'm a sucker. And they're going to come back to the pack, and last year was an anomaly. I don't know. I don't think so. They got one of the best young teams in all of baseball. I just I absolutely love the fact that they have homegrown a lot of their talent They don't go out and just break the bank on anybody. Did they spend a ton on free agents in this offseason? No, but they made smart moves. They got Corbin Burns. They got an ace starter for for a team that got to the ALDS last year and led the American League in wins. So I tell you right now, that's one of them I'm going over on. Haven't really studied anybody else. The Angels down at 69 and a half. Good God. Boy, they're they're terrible. Philly at eighty nine and a half, eh, kind of what I expect. Seattle at eighty six and a half. Tampa Bay at eighty five and a half is interesting, only because Tampa Bay every single year is in the mix. I mean, last year they won ninety nine games, and this year they have them at what eighty five and a half. They think they're gonna lo- they think they're gonna lose. You know, have thirteen less wins than last year. I mean, you look at their roster, just like how does Tampa compete any year 
So it's almost like betting Tampa over is basically like betting the Pittsburgh Steelers over, knowing that Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in 17 years as a head coach. It's kind of the way you got to think when you bet Tampa Bay Rays baseball is just they're always good, no matter who you what you think about the players and probably can't even name half the players on the team. It doesn't matter. They compete every year. Kevin Cash is one of the best managers in baseball. I'll probably go over there on Tampa Bay over 85 and a half. So right now, early leans, Baltimore over 90 and a half, Tampa Bay over 85 and a half. More baseball talk. Here's a statistic that I saw on Twitter that I'm guessing a lot of you are dying to know. It did a breakdown of all 30 Major League Baseball teams, and it said, let's rank the Major League Baseball teams based on the distance to their nearest Chili's. <laughs> yes, someone took their time out to do this, and I've got a couple questions. Now, I can tell you this. Between the number one team in terms of proximity to a Chili's, the number one team is the Cleveland uh, Command, not the Commanders, <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians. Progressive Field apparently is one mile from a Chili's. Cleveland fans, can you vouch for that? Number two is Angel Stadium. Angels are 1.3 miles. So this just goes down the list in order, farthest away. So from Team 1 to Team 28, Team 28 is the Yankees. They're 14 miles from the nearest Chili's. It's like, okay. So every team between Team 1, closest, and Team 28, Yankees, the farthest, is all between 1 and 14 miles, which isn't bad. But then you have two outliers sitting at 29 and 30, and I need some help here. First off, number 29, Canadian fans, help me out here. The Rogers Center is 85 miles from a Chili's. <laughs> Do you guys not have Chili's in Canada? What the hell? What's going on there, people? I mean, for all I know, 85 miles from the Rogers Center, you could be in the States. That might be the closest Chili's. Isn't actually a Chili's in the States. Maybe Canada just doesn't even have Chili's. It just doesn't it doesn't say where. It just says the miles from the nearest Chili's. But the Rogers Center is sitting in 29th place, 85 miles from a Chili's. In 30th place, dead last, and this is really, really weird. T-Mobile Park, the Seattle Mariners. So I told you, Progressive Field is one mile away. 28th place, the Yankees are 14 miles away. So 1 to 28 is between 1 and 14 miles. 29th place is the Rogers Center, 85 miles. That's a hell of a trek to the nearest Chili's. Seattle Mariners, the closest Chili's is 279 miles away. What? There's no Chili's in the Pacific Northwest? Why? You can have a Starbucks on every corner, but you can't throw in a Chili's? Don't you guys like your baby back ribs over there in the Pacific Northwest? What the hell? 279 miles? You would think there'd be a Chili's built by accident within, you know, within a, I don't know, 10, 15 miles of a stadium. It is for 28 of the 30 MLB teams. But shit, Blue Jays and Mariners, get with the program. Can we get a Chili's up in here? Chili's, baby back ribs. I want my baby back. Speaking of more baseball talk, we've talked about this every season since we've had the Sports Daily, which has only been 13 months, but whatever. 
and that is the talk of robot umpires. So last year in AAA, they went to robot umpires, meaning, for those that don't know, it doesn't mean there's a robot behind home plate. It doesn't mean they've taken away the umpire. The umpire has a wristband on, and the wristband is connected to a computer when the pitch is made within one second the umpire looks at his wrist and it tells him ball or strike. And he just signals ball or strike, not based on his own judgment, but based on what a computer says the strike zone is. Well, there's a clip floating around on the internet and I don't know what league this was from, but there was three balls on account. I don't know how many strikes there were. Pitcher throws a pitch balls a little outside and the umpire calls strike. The batter immediately looks at the umpire and taps his helmet. The umpire then turns around right after he sees the batter tap his helmet, and the umpire turns around to the scorekeeper and taps his helmet, and within one second, he waves his arms and says no. So basically, he was informed, no, that was a ball, because then the batter throws his bat and walks to first base, because he had just been walked, even though the umpire called a strike. Now, I'm wondering... I don't know what league that is, but it's certainly a league where the umpire is still calling balls and strikes, but you are able to challenge. My guess is the Major League Baseball won't do that. Major League Baseball will skip that step, and they are just going to go to robot umps. So there's no need to challenge because every pitch is being called by a computer and being told this is a strike, this is a ball. So you wouldn't be able to challenge it because it's not a judgment call. And it would obviously eliminate a lot of arguing. I mean, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen in the 2024 season, but my guess is it happens next season or in 2026. There's just no way around it. There's too many bad calls in baseball. The Angel Hernandezes are probably going to lose their jobs, which they should because they're terrible umpires. Because you just watch a game sometimes, and you're like, what is the umpire looking at? That wasn't even close. But with robot umps, you're really never going to get a call wrong in terms of balls and strikes because it has a set strike zone. I can't wait to see it. The clip is awesome. It's on Insta- it's on Instagram. And I'm just wondering what league this is. But yeah, pitcher throws a pitch. Umpire calls it a bo- uh, calls it a strike. It was clearly outside. I don't know what the hell the umpire was looking at. It was clearly outside. Batter taps his helmet. Umpire taps his helmet, gets a response from the scorekeeper within a second. And it's just like moving the game on. Boom, 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 boom. We don't have to wait for, uh, you know, a uh, a protest or a a manager to come out of the dugout and complain about it. No, just here, tap my helmet. I'm challenging it. Umpire says this batter's challenging it and gets the answer right away. Great stuff. Can't wait till it comes to Major League Baseball. Because remember last year we were like, oh, my God, the pitch clock. Oh, the the, the pitchers are going to get all these box called on them or they're going to get balls called on them for wasting time on the mound. Literally after two weeks, did anyone even remember the pitch clock was a thing in Major League Baseball? I sure didn't. And finally, we don't have a lot of details on this, but it was announced yesterday that ESPN, Fox, and TNT Sports are teaming up on an all-in-one sports streaming platform. So literally, you're going to be able to see games now on the same app. We don't know when this app is coming out. We don't know if it's going to cost anything, but they're saying... The early story is if you've already subscribed to Disney Plus or Hulu or Max, you're going to be able to access this. And each of those companies is going to own a third um, of the company, ESPN, Fox, and TNT. But this means like, yeah, you get America's Game of the Week on Fox on 
Sunday afternoons, as well as Monday Night Football on ESPN on the same app. Like, this is a game changer. We don't know all the details yet. Obviously, as more info comes in, we'll talk about it. But this is a huge, huge game changer in the sports media landscape because we've never seen anything like this. We know things are going to streaming, but this is a big deal when ESPN, Fox, and TNT decide to partner up and be like, we're going all in together. Wow. Can't wait to hear more about this. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Got to hit play on that podcast now. It's not good enough for it to download into your feed and you just never listen to it. You got to hit play. I'd really appreciate it if you did. You tell your friends. Daily Roundup was posted an hour ago. My reader emails is coming up in an hour from now on my website at realitysteve.com. Go check that out if you are so inclined. Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on time. See you.